listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The cultural shift of COVID-19 from pandemic to endemic is an opportunity for our pharmacists, the healthcare providers who are most accessible to patients in the United States. this podcast series, we'll hear from three impactful pharmacists, leaders in the healthcare space, about how pharmacists can talk to their patients about the importance of regular immunizations against COVID-19. We'll review common misconceptions about COVID-19 and its vaccines and cover how to talk to patients about the change from an initial shot and boosters to a single shot. We will also discuss the continued burden of COVID-19 and how pharmacists can help guide their communities with best practices. This podcast series is supported by Moderna, a leader in vaccination best practices. So there was a story that came out uh, earlier this year. It was actually in the spring and it, it followed the success of a pharmacist on the East Coast with Skip Pack Pharmacy, who partnered with North Penn High School and many other organizations, but this specifically around 3,000 people in their community area. It ended up turning out to be over 11,000, but I'm sure we have updated numbers and the numbers aren't necessarily the point. The point is, is that the vaccine rollout as well as the pandemic and, and how many people were affected it came to a boiling point where our community pharmacist really stood up and took on additional um, responsibility and rollout of what the vaccine was. Um, I have watched and admired the Skip Pack uh, Family Pharmacy Initiatives um, led by uh, Dr. Mayak Amin. He likes to be known as Dr. Mack, also AKA Superman. But uh, Dr. Mack, I am just thrilled to have you here. Todd, it's uh, wonderful to see you at so many different events, and I'm, I'm glad that we finally got a chance to chat because there's so many stories to be told. As, as you said, numbers only do uh, justice to the amount of people that have come through our doors and gotten the vaccine, but it's actually the stories of those people walking through the doors, the stories of our volunteers, and so much more behind the independent pharmacies uh, in our country and what they've done during the pandemic, which is admirable. I want to make a point to um, Dr. Mack about the impression that you're making on the public and what the public expects from their pharmacist. And I also want to make a, a sub point to that point, and that is our children. And if and if my child was uh, hesitant about a needle, nobody likes needles. But if they walk up to an or an organization or a place, skip pack pharmacy or a school uh, gymnasium, and they see standing before them this tall, uh, good-looking man that's dressed in a Superman outfit that now uh, kind of puts their worries aback based on the curiosity that you are um, that you are push, putting out there based on being dressed as Superman. There's some psychology to this. There's a comfort to this. Um, there's a a sense of trust, and I know, um, you know, as a as someone who's admired pharmacy for for over twenty years and the pharmacist, where the trust comes in. But those little minds, those little people, and then there, of course, the parents and the caregivers of that. Talk to me about setting that public image about being someone who can be trusted, and more than that, 
using the symbol symbolism of hope. And that is the, you know, we know the truth now of what the S stands for based on the the story uh, of being told of, of Superman. But talk to our listeners about that. Yeah, so ever since I became a pharmacist, um, I always wanted to put myself in the shoes of the patient. And in this case, the shoes of a, of a child. I still remember myself and actually my pediatrician um, from that time when I was a little kid would come to our vaccine clinics and he was standing right next to me saying how proud he was because he remembers me being that little child that was looking for the exits as I made the way into his office. Um, so when I, when I came in there with my parents, um, they would literally have to grab me and hold me to get vaccinated um, anytime that there was childhood vaccines needed. And fast forward many years, I still don't like needles. And I think irrespective of the age, um, no matter what, people usually do not like needles. Um, we've had people that are 70 years old that have gotten so many vaccines in their life or a little child. People don't want to usually see a needle in front of their face. Um, so I also imagine myself in the shoes of anybody that walks through our doors is that we want to give them an experience um, where they're actually not fearful of getting vaccinated. And that's what we try to create with our clinics that we had, um, either at the pharmacy or even offsite, is that when you walk into a building or an environment and it's happy, from the get-go, from this, the first step into your, into your place of uh, practice or into a site, um, that person's mind's already changing. Uh, they might have been fearful walking into that place, but now they're not thinking about, oh my God, I'm about to get vaccinated. They're also looking, their mind's also intrigued. It's thinking about other things like, I wonder what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. um, so we we really focused on that. And uh, we had the opportunity, especially with the pandemic, because there was just so many unknowns and a lot of people were scared. Um, you know, if, if they got COVID, a lot of times people just thought they were going to die in the initial days. Yeah. And for for a vaccine to come out, it, it was a beacon of hope. And the costume in, in reality never represented myself being a superhero or uh, representative of pharmacy and being, being superheroes, but it more so portrayed the aspect of servancy, of the amazing things that can happen when we as a community, we as a pharmacy, we as an immunization neighborhood come together. And that's truly what Superman stood for, is just serving others and making sure that everyone's taken care of, just like you would treat your own family members. Absolutely. Because of that, there has been a cultural shift of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic of in itself, um, what's now um, coming to another phase of, of realization and understanding what this means for our patients and how pharmacies can talk to their patients about the importance of regular immunizations against COVID-19. So let's talk about that a little bit of what this has taught you as a provider and what you've noticed now that the the community around you receives you differently, as well as um, the initiatives around immunizations. For sure. So one thing I always told my family and my patients from the get-go is irrespective of a camera following you, you should treat your patients with love and dignity and respect. Um, yes, we had so many cameras following us throughout COVID. And sometimes if, you, if there was a news channel in front of you, you might smile at the patient. You might be very nice to them. But why not always behave like that? Um, why not go help a senior uh, at 10 o'clock at night, even when the camera is not following you? And that's what we try to do even at well after the pandemic was over. Um, and, and why people are still coming back to our pharmacy five, six shots later. 
some of the patients, I, I really uh, ask them because um, I see they're driving from an hour away. And I, and I get that in the beginning, first few clinics, we were the only ones that had it in our area. But when I see that five, six shots later, they're coming back, it's no longer because people don't have access to the vaccine in their area. It's because they've set, developed a sense of love and loyalty to our pharmacy. And that really makes us as a pharmacy proud of what we've accomplished during the pandemic. Um, just the other day, I had a patient that came into the pharmacy and she was here to get the, the brand new COVID-19 vaccine. And there's so many stories that these patients have. And a lot of times I end up tearing just listening to them when I'm standing next to the patient, them telling me it. Uh, this senior in the community, she and her husband had come to our very first clinic in the snow and it was a blizzard that day. Um, it was one of those things you see in the movies and, and it can't be recreated. And that's why we have footage from that actual day, because I knew a lot of these moments couldn't be captured all over again. But she told me, she's like, Dr. Mack, myself and my late husband came to your very first clinic in the snow. And she said, when we got there, there was snow all over. There was no way I could take him out of the car, put him in a wheelchair and wheel him into the firehouse. But it's almost as if angels were sent from the heavens they came down and they picked my husband up, put him in the wheelchair, and four people carried him over the snow and into the firehouse. And I just got goosebumps thinking about that moment because I was out there uh, trying to direct traffic and just trying to control the chaos because no one knew really what was happening. But we knew that everyone wanted a vaccine that day. And to see my community stand up like that to help people they didn't know. There was people in my community that went home and got shovels because there wasn't plows that could get into the area where we, we were at. And that's just something uh, that, that I truly admire. And now that as we move forward, um, it's moments like that, stories like that, that kind of inspire us to keep going. Um, creativity just doesn't end when, when COVID ends. Uh, that was just the initial step on the bridge. Now it's our opportunity. It's our, our job as pharmacists to find a way to continue that even now. So the, the trust factor that's being told within the, the the lines of what you are actually saying and, and what you're sharing. And part of that trust is misconceptions that the public can form based on viralness, content on social media, uh, you know, the usage of of TikTok or or Instagram. And it's so funny, Dr. Mack, that there's a balance between that um that positive and the negative of our world and just human beings and you're you are constantly you specifically are constantly finding the positive and being able to to pull out the energy of that positive and then replicate it and it pours out onto your staff it pours out onto your community that, that they know you and none of us are perfect we always have our down days and during those down days there are others that you supported maybe days before that can lift you up. And that's the same way that I, that, uh, that I live, but those common misconceptions are there. And I think that, I don't think, I know that pharmacists can be used as a conduit of good information. So let's talk about misconceptions about COVID-19 vaccines and how to talk to patients through the change from one initial uh, shot or a booster to a single shot and so on. How do you help to overcome some of those misconceptions among your community? It's great that you mentioned misconceptions because a lot of times people view vaccines now as a marketing initiative. Um, I was at a, at a pharmacy the other day and through the intercom, I heard them announcing the vaccines, but then I heard this ad is paid for by Pfizer. And then 
then I was putting myself once again in the patient's shoes. If I'm a patient and maybe I didn't believe in the vaccine, but now I hear that there's so many ads about it and I hear Pfizer's sponsor of the Taylor Swift concert, <laughs> misconceptions really do start because now they think that uh, all of a sudden we went from, okay, we're providing this vaccine to keep people safe to now we're providing this vaccine to make billions of dollars. And that's one job as, as us on the forefront of um, patient care is to be able to educate patients that, listen, we are not doing this because we, we want to become millionaires. We're doing this because we care for you. Um, things that we would do ourselves, if, if I would feel comfortable getting the shot myself, if I felt comfortable giving it to my family members, I would tell people honestly that, yes, I feel comfortable in my own right. And you know, I would give this to my parents, for example. And a lot of times people come to us for that kind of guidance or advice, especially if they're unsure. Um, we always tell patients that if you're not ready for something, um, don't feel forced to actually do it. Uh, and that's why patients with our pharmacy and our community, they actually, some of them came back to us six months, one year later, and they said, Dr. Mack, you actually didn't shove that vaccine down my throat or into my arm. You treated us with love and dignity, even though uh, I was unsure. At a time where some people looked down upon us and thought that we were outcasts for not getting the vaccine, you still loved us. You still cared for us. And I think it's that aspect of love and care uh, as pharmacists and ha as healthcare professionals that we have to give to our patients. We have to be respectful of their choice. And um, no matter what the public might think, um, I look as, at my patients as my friends. So how I would speak to my friend uh, is the same way I speak to my patients. And that's how we've developed trust at our pharmacy and especially with the new vaccine out. Um, I, I tell, tell my patients currently that if it's, if it's a senior or someone who's immunocompromised, someone with health conditions, uh, someone who's traveling, you guys should be the first to get the vaccine. Someone younger, completely healthy, there'll be a time to get it, but you might not need it immediately. Let the people that need it right now get the vaccine so we're not overcrowding the pharmacies and everywhere else um, and allowing uh, the seniors and those who are most at risk to get the vaccine versus putting them in a tough situation where they're struggling. You know, some of them might not be able to walk and now you have them standing in long lines and bringing that negative aspect of the COVID experience back where people had to wait hours in line. And a part of what we do now is we make the process easy and pharmacists around the country, I hope you're doing the exact same. We've had plenty of time to learn now. We shouldn't be making the same mistakes over and over again. Um, there's always an opportunity to, to listen and learn from somebody else, reach out to people for help. And that's what we've realized is that alone, we can only do so little, but when we actually ask people for help, or I ask my patients, don't be just nice and tell me all the good things that we, we did. Tell me what you didn't like, tell me what we can improve. And then once you hear that aspect, then, you know, for me, it's like, tell me all the negative things because I'll fix those. And then the experience for the thousands of others that come through are going to be much better. This is a message to pharmacists like you who have cared for your patients through the healthy times and through the hard times. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, you were there to help patients, providing them access to the information, medicine, and the vaccines they needed to help stay protected. Now, as the threat of COVID-19 moves from the pandemic to the endemic stage, it's time to help your patients understand the importance of regular vaccination against circulating variants of the SARS-CoV-2 virus as part of a healthy lifestyle. While COVID-19 may not be top of mind for your patients, the threat of disease is still here. 
Hospitalization rates in the U.S. for COVID-19 increased by close to 217% in the summer of 2023, jumping from 6,477 hospitalizations in the first week of July to 20,538 in the week of September 9th through the 15th. Make sure your patients know that COVID-19 vaccines have been updated and are now available. You saw them through the pandemic. Now you can continue to help patients see that the ongoing threat of COVID-19 is something that we face together. Thank you to pharmacists everywhere. This message has been brought to you by Moderna. So there's been an element of success in what you did, and it was driven by your passion for your community. And like you said, the, the love and care that you provide as a pharmacist and that spilled over into your staff that spilled over into the community in of itself has organizations like moderna for example recognized that passion have there been any levels of additional support knowing that you were such a positive conduit of of vax you know vaccination and immunization has there has there been any pharma manufacturer um response to um, the immense amounts of a success that you've had that have actually been covered on a national scale. So I used to, a small disclaimer, I used to work for Pfizer and I love the company. I love being there. I was one of those pharmacists for Pfizer where um, I had a job in drug safety, pharmacovigilance, except every day I was peeking my heads into different departments to see what more I could do to the point where I reached out and I emailed the CEO of the company. Hmm. Um, they say, never be afraid to reach out to someone. And I did exactly that, that, where I reached out and I reached out to some of the executives, not asking for a job, just an opportunity to meet and learn from them. And lo and behold, I did actually get to meet them, had breakfast with some of the executives. And they had this conference called Pfizer X, where innovators from around the world come together once a year. And they have a small retreat with the executives and just reaching out and, um, talking to them, I was able to actually learn so much from them. Um, I left uh, the, the corporate world to open my pharmacy. I actually had no intention of opening an independent pharmacy, but I just left once again because of that um, that passion that, to drive uh, community care to all of those around me. And as I uh, move forward with that mission, I opened my pharmacy. I couldn't operate both at Pfizer and at Skipback Pharmacy, so I had to give up that job. Um, our story has been heard by people at Pfizer. I haven't made a push to actually try to reach out to people and say, hey, by the way, did you get, did you know what we did? Um, so I guess if, if word of mouth has reached uh, the right folks over there, then they've heard. Um, but the main thing for me is that as long as the manufacturers continue to provide us vaccines, uh, that's the absolute best because patients want that. And there's been a lot of news stories, once again, that have reached out to us saying, how are you guys getting access hmm. to the vaccines when some of the big chains and others are not getting access to it? And it's because of that relationship with some of the manufacturers. Um, initially, I couldn't order Pfizer vaccines directly from Pfizer. Uh, however, after reaching out um, to a few people and sharing our story, the next day I got an email saying, you guys have been approved for a sales account with Pfizer where you can order directly from Pfizer. Um, likewise, same thing with Moderna. Their sales reps and directors now have make, made sure that we're taken care of. Um, so that way the vaccines don't run dry uh, in our refrigerators and that the patient can continue to get the positive experience that they've always gotten. Um, and needless to say, 
it's not just because we're a skateback pharmacy and I was wearing a Superman costume that I could do this. Anyone that struggles, if you're persistent and you try hard enough, you can make it happen. Call Moderna every single day, <laughs> send them an email. Um, same thing with Pfizer for those that are struggling to get access to it. Tell them why you need the vaccine. Um, that's kind of how we got the vaccines in the first place. I, I had asked our state representative saying, um, Steve, I know that there's so many people asking for this vaccine right now, but you know my capacity, you know what we can do as a community. Can you at least shake the trees in the right place and see if we can get even a tray of Pfizer doses? And they did that. They wrote a recommendation letter to the Department of Health on behalf of state reps, a few of them combined. And within a week, we got approved. We could have been on the bottom of that stack of papers of approvals, and all of a sudden we moved right to the top because of our passion and our willingness uh, to do something different, to let them know that we're actually going to stand up and make a difference in our community. And I think that's the step that pharmacists need to do is just let people know that you're there and Absolutely. and don't go missing when, when people need help. Absolutely. You know what? There's something very parallel to what you just said, Dr. Mack, and that is specialty pharmacy will select the pharmacies that they work with because they know how effective they are at the administration as well as the adherence of their product and that they trust that their product is being administered in the way that it was intended and designed. And that's like the whole world of, of getting in, in network to specialty pharmacy. You actually did this outside of a system that is, you know, not really, this is what, this wouldn't necessarily be considered a specialty med per se, but the way that you showed the manufacturers, the way that you showed Moderna, um, how to implement and how to get the vaccine out, um, really showed, um, best case scenario for them to make sure that the product is being stored the way it needed to be, the way that you were setting appointments, the way that you were following up with these appointments. And I think that the business side of the the pharmaceutical industry, as well as how it holds hands with pharmacy, community pharmacies, that's important. That's a part of administration and that's a part of execution that many people maybe even listening to the podcast in the interview with you might not really understand, but that was important that you um, took your responsibility in in making sure that people received it and that those manufacturers started seeing this not only the passion that you said but the execution you guys ended up getting it out and i think that that's another reason that the manufacturers were so interested in working with you yeah so when you when you mentioned uh, the aspect of the execution uh in our largest clinic six thousand people were vaccinated in a half of a day and to put that in perspective it's 200 people every 15 minutes um, never been done, at least in Pennsylvania before. And there's probably people that did it at stadiums across the country, but at least from us, we couldn't go somewhere to learn how to do this, um, of how are we going to allow 200 people to go through here and safely get a vaccine, get their cards written on, allow them to have a good experience, most importantly. And, um, it was one of those things where sometimes you don't, you can't plan for things too well. You just have to put your trust in the people that are around you. And that's what we had done. We had 300 volunteers that day um, and everyone just showed up and literally were there caring for the patient. So when, when we put the patient in front of us and we didn't put profits in front of us, uh, the, the endless amount of love that we had gotten from patients still resonates today. Um, 
Now, when, when you look at pharmacies, obviously everyone's not doing 6,000 vaccines a day, nor are we going to ever do 6,000 vaccines again. Hopefully no, no pandemic ever hits us again. Um, but now it's translating into what can you do in your own pharmacy? Um, so we have a very small staff. Um, I'm the only full-time pharmacist to date, and people probably think we have lots of staff. We have uh, two full-time employees that are technicians, myself, who's a pharmacist, and then we have students that come from the universities, one or two. Like right now at the pharmacy, there's one pharmacist, one technician, one student, and one vaccinator. And today at my pharmacy, from the period of 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock, 300 vaccines will be administered. So mm-hmm. it's about process. It's about flow. And I usually spend the first day or first couple of days of any vaccine rollout just sitting, watching the cameras and seeing where we're wasting time because people don't like waiting in lines. People don't like lengthy registration forms and people don't like painful vaccines. So when you look at those three elements and you try to find a way around it, that's when um, you provide a good experience that continues even at your own pharmacies. And we've been able to do just that because now when I when I ask patients for feedback and on the bottom of every email that the patient gets, it says, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or problems, please reach out to Mac directly because I want to hear some of those concerns in case people didn't have a good experience. And we've done about 2,000 vaccines in the last week. Not a single complaint has come our way. You know, in Reuters, I'm just continuing to be proud of your representation of community pharmacy in Reuters.com covered a story on September 12th and it shows your gloves and it shows you pulling out um, uh, Moderna actually vaccine um, of one of the latest targeting um, BA.4 and BA.5 uh, Omicron subvariants and it's in its prefacing skip pack pharmacy again and once again there's reasons for this you're such a humble person you are doing things correctly and therefore big, powerful, multi-billion dollar organizations are paying attention to it. And it's because they're like, you know what? In the hands of organizations like this and not just Dr. Mack and Skip Pack, but there are thousands of community pharmacies throughout the nation who have stepped up and gone the extra level of making their patients feel safe and making them feel comfortable and answering questions and following up. But I think that we take time to see best practices in place and why you're getting the coverage uh, that you're getting. It probably in some sometimes to you, Dr. Mack, feels surreal, but how do you react to some of this press that you're getting and and how do you keep yourself from um, from staying? How do you keep yourself on track? I always tell people that my biggest fans are at home my two little kids. So I have a a two-year-old and now an eight-month-old. And just the other day, my wife was at home. Um, I was heading into the studio in Philadelphia and going to be discussing COVID-19 vaccines and some of the other vaccines that are are here this fall. And uh, my wife took a video of my kids watching. They might not know what's going on, but um, my little one, who they call little Superman, uh, was watching the screen and my baby girl was also watching. And I can tell that they're proud and that's the reason why I do it. Um, I come home and I'm, I'm dressed in, even if it's a Superman t-shirt, my little one comes up and runs up and says, Shukerman. he can't pronounce Superman yet. So he calls it <laughs> Shukerman, and he'll give me a hug. And it's those moments that regardless of uh, whether it's a local national or global news outlet that covers us, it's the, the moments of that joy from seeing your kids recognize you as, as their Superman, where you feel uh, that that's your superpower is I'm, I'm a dad first. 
um, and then I'm a pharmacist and then, and then I'm a community servant. Um, but it's the moments that your family brings to you. And, and even my wife, just imagine that she went through an entire pregnancy alone. Um, you could say I was at the pharmacy vaccinating from, uh, eight o'clock in the morning until we ran out of vaccines, which meant sometimes three, four o'clock at night. And she's also a pharmacist and she also recognized the need for, for me to stand up in my community and realize that it wasn't just me, but it was the community around me. And I call those volunteers my family now. Um, so we, we developed a huge family that surrounded us. And when our first child was born, um, you could say it was like the moment out of Lion King where uh, they're, they're holding the line up in the air. I was holding little Jace up in the air and the volunteers in the community just loved him so much um, to the point where someone's like, Dr. Mack, we know you have a volunteer list for COVID clinics. Can you have a volunteer list for babysitters because we want to babysit your kid? And um, it's those moments that I'll truly cherish forever. The blankets that he had gotten. I still remember some of the patients during the initial times. They uh, got their vaccine from us and they knew I was having a child. So some of those grandmoms actually went home and started knitting blankets for him. They didn't know his name, but once they found out his name, they finished those blankets. And some of them worked on those uh, hand knit blankets for months. Um, it's those things that people did for us where... For me, it's like if I have to go to someone's house because they have an emergency at two o'clock, I'll do it for them because just to imagine the love that they've given me and the happiness that they've given me and my family, yep. anything's possible of what I should do for them. Absolutely. Dr. Mack, this has been an honor to uh, get you to be part of um, this three-part series and how Skip Pack is, is leading pharmacy, leading vaccination efforts within your community, the great state of Pennsylvania, my state. I'm very proud of you for multiple reasons. But if there's anything our publication can ever do for you to help amplify, uh, not that you need any help to do it um, with the Superman coverage that you're receiving. But if you want to learn more about um, this uh, public servant, uh, this servant leader, um, please go to skippackpharmacy.com. That's skip. S-K-I-P, PAC, P-A-C-K, pharmacy.com. Dr. Mack, I can't wait uh, to meet up with you at a national conference, give you a hug and get a picture with you. Um, not sure if you're headed to the NCPA 2023, but we'll definitely be there. And if you are there, uh, like I said, we got to get a picture. We'll be there. I'm looking forward to it, man. Excellent. Thank you Thanks so for much. everything that you do. Thank you for amplifying positivity more so than anything else. You're, you're a beacon of hope for positivity in our space. And that's what we need more of in this world is positive stories, positive people. And you're doing just that. So thank you so much, Todd. Thank you, Dr. Mack. Mm -hmm.